But a couple of things is we have what we call the Global Day of Prayer. And this is actually one of the most moving things I've ever been a part of in my entire life. Um, but since we have access to a global company, we spend about an hour and a half to two hours one day a year, and we get over 50 locations in 30 countries on the phone at the exact same time. And we pray one country after another, another for every single minute. And it's just really overwhelming because you have you know, China and you have someone in a different country and people in Iraq just one after another. And to hear people in their own language is just, I mean, how closer to heaven could you possibly get when you have a whole body of Christ like that? Welcome to the 9 to 5 podcast, conversations with Christians about lives of faith, integrity, and excellence at work. They are from Christians in Commerce, a ministry supporting and encouraging men and women to be Christ in the workplaces. We hope you enjoy this episode. This episode features a panel discussion from our Coworkers in Christ gathering on October 5th, 2018. The conversation was moderated by Roy Tinklenberg, founder of faithandworkmovement.org. The panelists, in the order that you will hear them, include Nick Kim from Google, Ben Lawrence of Ameriprise Financial, Jeremy Jamieson from ExxonMobil, and Mike Russell of Medtronic. The panelists are representing their personal perspectives and not those of their companies. I, I, I'm looking forward to this panel uh, because you guys, I think, are, are really, you know, like for me in my role as, as a pastor who um, does ministry, I think that um, you guys are my heroes. You guys are the guys that are in the trenches, on the front lines, doing the work. When you look at the scripture and you look at the heroes of scripture, they're usually not the priests. In fact, we usually get condemned um, <laughs> and so, uh, for, for what we're doing wrong. But the heroes of scripture are the guys like Nehemiah, who was in the workplace, or Daniel, or Joseph, or Esther. And, and they're the, the heroes of the scripture the ones that God calls into the workplace and puts them in a place where he can use them, and then they show up faithfully and let God move. And um, when I look at you guys and I look at the companies that you're at, and I'll let you do a little bit of self-introduction so everybody can know where you are, and um, I, I think this is amazing that God has called you to the places that you are to do the work that you're doing and to have the influence that you have. So I'm thankful for you. And um, so I'm going to go reverse order because I know Nick and I can pick on him a little bit. So um, tell, Nick, tell us who you are and how you felt called by God <clears throat> to be where you are. Sure. Um, I'm Nick. I work at Google. Been there about nearly two years now. Um, and so I'll, I'll tell you how I got there. And so before Google, I worked at an asset management company building uh, technology for the front office. Been there about eight years. Job was good. It was, I knew what I was doing. I did it well. And I, and I was really comfortable. But there was a problem. I felt like faith and work were compartmentalized. And I felt like they were separate. And that didn't seem right to me. I don't, I don't feel like God ever said, do work and then don't think about me and then think about me you know separately that just didn't jive with me so I started to pray and I started to pray and pray and pray and um, nothing was happening and then one day we had um, a bunch of people over my house 
studying Hebrews 12, and we were, we were looking at um, a verse about discipline and how discipline for, for the moment is painful, um, but it will lead to the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And, and so I'm thinking, okay, if I, if I believe in Scripture, I should pray for discipline if it's going to lead to righteousness. So that's what I did, scary prayer. My, my wife is like, what are you doing? You've got to... Cons- you got to consult me before you do these prayers. And, <laughs> and, and I did it without her. And, <clears throat> and then that prayer started the ball rolling. And, and, you know, long story short, I ended up moving from Los Angeles to Mountain View for this job at Google. And, and Google was just really the carrot for me to move up there. I mean, to me, work is work. It really doesn't matter. But um, I felt that the Lord called me to Mountain View to hang out with Roy and um, yeah, and, and in that transition, what I learned was um, my identity was not accurate until I got to Google. And not that Google did anything, but I came to this realization that um, I'm a child of God first, and I am a minister. We are all ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. And once I really got that, I said, oh, okay. And it, it took me a move to the Bay Area to get that. But once I got that, then I could look at my work and say, you know, everything that I'm doing, I'm doing it to the glory of God, even though, you know, whether I'm coding or doing something that clearly doesn't seem vocationally pastoral, um, once I see that as that I'm a minister and I'm doing this sort of ministerial work at a tech company, then everything started to shift. So I felt like, you know, that's a long answer to your question, but basically, I, I, I moved up to the Bay Area because I felt th- like the Lord wanted to solidify my identity, and He had to move me to do that. So that's how I got there. Ben. Yeah, uh, my name is Ben Lawrence, and uh, I work at Ameriprise Financial. Uh, we build financial solutions for a lifetime, <laughs> and uh, I've been there for five years as a director in technology. Um, I guess what called me to um, really bring uh, faith and work together was the most significant minister, um, spiritual leader, I guess, uh, whatever you want to call it, the most significant uh, event in my Christian life was a guy at work, actually. I wasn't a churchgoer. He was just a guy at work who I hardly knew. I actually didn't know him very well, and he invited me to lunch one day, and he said, what do you think about Jesus? Well, little did he know, I, uh, I had a strong faith. Uh, I, I had a strong prayer life and didn't go to church. I was kind of anemic uh, in my faith. But, um, you know, God works in that way where he'd been working my life and brought this guy into my life. His name's Scott Solberg. And uh, Scott just said, hey, what do you think of Jesus? And he allowed me to profess my faith to another person. He's like, wow, you're a strong Christian. What church do you go to? And I said, I don't, I don't go to church. <laughs> He's like, do you want to come to church with me? I said, no, too many hypocrites. <laughs> 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 but he became my friend. And actually, um, just we, we developed a, a strong friendship uh, over the years. And, um, and, and then that brought me back into church and then brought me back into a discipleship model. And I realized that it's really about people, person to person. Discipleship is really the model that Jesus taught. It was not um, send a check and have some other people go get the people. It's who's around you and who do you know that you can actually have a relationship with and invest your, your life into like Jesus did. So 
Um, so that's what made me uh, realize that that was the right thing for me to do is bring my faith to work and, and profess Christ to other people, person to person, everybody I work with. So, Great. Yeah. Jeremy. All right. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Jeremy Jamison. I work at uh, ExxonMobil in the woodlands of Houston, Texas, working there a little over like four and a half years. Um, and so where I found my calling, it kind of ties back to my last year of school. Because uh, at the time, you know, we had the career fair and you go to all the different possible employers. And for us, there was over 300 employers there. And by the end of the career fair and interview process, I had several offers on the table. Um, and some were very close to my hometown of Kansas City. And then there was this one offer out there from ExxonMobil, which I was kind of surprised I had that in the first place, considering like their GPA cutoff was pretty high and I was slightly below that and didn't really know how that was going to happen. But I looked at my different offers and I said, you know, I have these offers that I could go and work close to home and I know all the people where I'll be. And then I see this one place called ExxonMobil and I knew that people there generally made a lot of money and I was like, I don't feel qualified, kind of the, um, the imposter syndrome and didn't really know what, what to think about that. And so I said, you know, God, if you truly think that I can work at a place like that and not become some greedy, selfish person, person then I'll go there. And sure enough, I was uh, sleeping one night in my room and I had this dream that I was praying in the middle of this like campus sort of area and didn't really know what it was about. And I said, you know what? I have a feeling that that's something around ExxonMobil. And so I accepted the offer at ExxonMobil. And at the time, the office was in DC. So I moved up to DC when I graduated. I was up there for a year. And when I moved to the Houston campus, it's a massive campus that has around 10,000 people. And I heard of something called the Christian community at ExxonMobil. So it's not company sponsored, but it's a group of Christians and they lead the group, they fund the group, and they have their own uh, things that go on in the campus. I don't know how I got connected exactly, but uh, I heard about something like a prayer group. And then I heard it was a see you at the pole event. And sure enough, one day, they were gathering around the flagpoles in front of our building, and they were praying. And that was the exact dream that I had. And I was like, man, <laughs> I think this is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> and, uh, and after that, um, I started going all the different events that we had, and they eventually asked me to be a part of the core leadership team there. And then as a part of that, we had a spinoff, and we started something called the Young Professional Christians. And so that's a group that's geared towards engaging the millennials and closing that gap between those who are later stages of their career and those who just uh, hire in. So that's how I found my calling is a mix between a dream and also just putting it right in front of God and saying, hey, if you think this is going to happen, I'll say yes. We should have had you up here for the other question about how do you find your calling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm uh, Mike Russell. I'm... Uh, Finance Director of Medtronic, which is a large uh, medical device company here in Minneapolis. And I serve as the, uh, the chair for the Twin Cities Christian Employee Resource Group uh, within Medtronic. So it's a, it's a sponsored uh, group within, within the company. Uh, within the Twin Cities, we have about 600 people that are members. Uh, and we have about 850 people nationally that are part of, part of Surge. Christian Employee Resource Group. I've been with Medtronic about 18 years, been there, had been there 14 years, left to pursue a different opportunity that I thought was a good one at the time, 
was there about two and a half years and got laid off. Um, was a pretty, pretty devastating for myself, my family. Been very career oriented, so it was, a, it was rough to, to go through that. Uh, quickly reached back out to Medtronic because it had a lot of good contacts there. A lot of prayer and, and was able to get back there within a short period of time. And when I got back, and this was now about three years ago, and I got back, I, I, did, I really felt compelled to, to volunteer and give back to, to, um, uh, uh, to God and, and to, uh, I, I felt blessed I was able to come back in, in, a, in a great role. And there was an opportunity to help lead this organization, uh, the surge organization with Medtronic, and, and I felt called to do that and, and, um, and have been serving in this role for a few months and will do so for the next couple of years. So it's been, it's been a, a great journey and I, I feel blessed to be in a company that, that allows, allows us to, to share our faith in that way. If you want to get off on the right foot each morning, you probably want to check out Christians and Commerce's Workday emails. They're short and informative, sent to your inbox early in the morning. Wake up to stories and insights about people transforming their workplace. These daily workday emails inspire and encourage us in living out God's mission where we spend 60% of our waking hours at work. Sign up today by going to workingforourfather.com. Yep. E-R-G. Yep. What, uh, what is that and mm-hmm. um, how is it that you have a Christian ERG at Medtronics? Yeah, so we've got, we've got maybe 12 or 14 ERGs in the company. We have an African descent ERG, a Medtronic women's ERG, a Medtronic Muslims ERG, a gay, lesbian, GLBT ERG, and a Christian ERG, and, and, and others. And it's a group of people that, that the company will sponsor, um, give us, actually give us money to hold events, at Medtronic, we get to use the facilities as needed during working hours, if you can believe that. Uh, we, we, host, we hosted in August the Global Leadership Summit. We were one of the satellite mm-hmm. facilities, had 125 people that we used the Medtronic facilities for. Uh, Medtronic uh, comped people, there's a cost of that, of course, and, and Medtronic comped uh, that cost for people if they were if they needed to, so it's a it's a it's a group of people that that have like uh, you know, that that have common interests and values of all walks of life, and and the the Christian ERG happens to be one within Medtronic. Right. So ERG stands for Employee Resource Group, yeah. and so um, the company is resourcing the employees of a particular identity or group or and um, giving some of their company resources to to help everybody kind of bring their full self to work and um, so yeah um, and I actually I, I failed to mention that uh, I'm leading a salt business resource group at, at uh, Ameriprise <coughs> and uh, so it's a similar thing we have the same type of um, groupings uh, yep. for our employees to um, be, bring their whole self to work and then um, learn from each other uh, different cultural, you know, break down those cultural barriers and, and learn from each other in that way. So, 
Great. So, um, and Jeremy said yours is not an official ERG and that ExxonMobil is not giving you money to do it. You guys are just doing it with their blessing. Right. They have, um, and so I'm just, you know, speaking from my own opinion, not trying to represent ExxonMobil or anything, but we have specific policies and guidelines because as you can imagine, especially specifically within my role, I, I work as a global contact and revenue management advisor. So I'm working with people from China, Singapore, India, Egypt, every single day. And there's very specific religious things that are different between all these countries. So you have to be very sensitive about how you go about interacting with people. And so the company has guidelines in place to make sure that we are following all the correct procedures. Um, and so I think as far as what, what we do at our, in our community, we have equal access to everything. And I think um, as the, the culture is changing, I think we're going to take more of an inclusion diversity path towards how we're integrate with the, the rest of the ERGs. Um, but right now it's since we are, because we actually have around 950 people on our email list. So really a substantial amount considering that's one tenth of the entire campus that we have. So we're looking to take it from a different angle. Uh, but right now we still have plenty of events that go on and we have really strong turnout for things that are only employee sponsored. Great. Right. So um, I don't want to get too deep into the technical weeds about how all these things you know, work inside the company. Just tell us about your workplace fellowship. What's the spiritual climate at work? And, and what do you guys do when you gather, when, when you meet? Anybody? Sure, I'll, I'll start. Uh, uh, and our structure is kind of like Jeremy's, where <coughs> we don't really have a, a, an official ERG right now. And everything's more just grassroots. People get together and think, hey, let's get together and do a Bible study. So we'll have different kinds of fellowships that Roy has helped plant. You know, we've got everything from Bible studies to prayer meetings to worship events to, um, um, yeah, just lunches where people get together and just do community. Um, and an effort that I'm involved in is me and Roy have been talking to try to connect some of these groups because it's, it's all, all over the place. They're all over Google campuses. And the groups don't really know each other. So uh, we, we feel like as we connect the groups together, um, we can have a community on top of a community, like a meta community. And um, yeah, but everything's really grassroots right now. We're trying to find some more structure behind it. We're trying to set some vision behind it. And you know, in, in doing these things, how can we really honor our Lord here? And I think part of it is equipping and community. Um, but the secondary part is how can we reach other non-believers, and how can we access them and show them the love of Christ without um, proselytizing or without being forceful, because there are guidelines that the company says you can do these things in a, in a private expression of faith is fine, but anything too public or, or in someone's face is not. And so we've got guidelines to follow, but we're also thinking, you know, how can we um, show other people what we're about? And that has not been fully materialized yet, and I'm hoping and praying for that to really come to fruit soon. Throughout my career, I have, um, I'll, I'll come into a new team, and, I, and I'll just introduce myself. They're just like, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I'll say, I, I just want you to know I put God first, and then family, and then people, and then work. And so I try to let people know that I care about them as individuals. And I find that when you connect with people individually, you're going to get 
better work results and when people feel like they don't have to uh, worry so much about work, the work actually takes care of itself. And um, you know, throughout my career, I've you know, proselytized in ways. I'd give out pamphlets for Christmas or Easter and explain what the cross was about. And some of these things did not pan out so well. You might Im imagine, right? <laughs> uh, but one, one thing I do do that actually has worked out for me uh, for several years is I've um, is uh, Thanksgiving is a secular holiday. And so I can give people a Thanksgiving card noting something that I've connected with them personally throughout the year. And I'm thankful for them individually for something they contributed. And I can give them a gift card to coffee and I can invite them out for coffee and I can give them uh, a Bible verse that is about Thanksgiving to the, the Lord for what he's done in my life. And, uh, and that's actually something that I, I do that, I, that just works. And, um, you know, people receive it in different ways, as you can imagine. But it starts that conversation. And, and how are we to be light to the world if we don't um, raise our hand and say, I have good news for you, and I'd love to share it with you. You know, it's very good news. Um, so that's one thing that, um, you know, as a takeaway, Thanksgiving is a secular holiday that doesn't matter what your religion is, but we have something very thankful uh, to be thankful for. We have a hope. That, um, that the world is really starving for. So um, that's just my, that's my one little thing Great. Uh, that I like to help people you know, to do. Uh, so within our Christian community, we have a, a couple of events that I would say are highlights. We have casual Bible studies that are led by employees. We also have um, like Bring Your Bible to Work Day. We'll have a trivia. We'll have See with the Pole, National Day of Prayer. But a couple of things is we have what we call the Global Day of Prayer. And this is actually one of the most moving things I've ever been a part of in my entire life. Um, but since we have access to a global company, we spend about an hour and a half to two hours one day a year, and we get over 50 locations in 30 countries on the phone at the exact same time. And we pray one country after another, another for every single minute. And it's just really overwhelming because you have you know, China, and you have someone in a different country, and people in Iraq, just one after another. And to hear people in their own language is just, I mean, how closer to heaven could you possibly get when you have a whole body of Christ like that? So that's one of the events that is, I know, really impactful for me especially. Um, but then we also have the Young Professional Christians group where we started something called a Fred Chat. So kind of like a TED Talk, but it's meant to be more of a conversation. So it stands for faith religion, evangelism, and discipleship. And we have executives and senior project managers that are in the company. They come back and talk to the millennials and share how they live their faith at work. Wow. Because there tends to be a disconnect in between the generations, so we're trying to bridge that gap. And so they come back and share with us. And what that helps to do is it helps those people who come into the company, they stop leaving their faith in the parking garage because they hear people that are successful in the company living out their faith. And so people get into the habit of coming into work and then living out their faith so that way they have a habit for the rest of their career living out their faith and not just right. leaving it in their car before they walk in. Great. That's great. Love that analogy of leaving <laughs> your faith in the parking garage. Uh, at Medtronic, our, our, our group is uh, much the same as you may have heard from others. Uh, we, we host Bible studies, small groups. Uh, we'll do a lot of educational events uh, around Christmas and Easter time for, for uh non-Christians and Christians to, to come and, and just build their faith. One thing we really do focus on is, is, is uh, volunteer work. 
Uh, and so we'll, we're, we're very active with Habitat for Humanity. Uh, there's a, an organization in, the, in Minneapolis called Feed My Starving Children, uh, where we do uh, packing food for, for, uh, for uh, kids in, in other countries, third world countries, and we'll do a lot of work with that. The, the, the thing that's also really, um, I think, is, is effective for, for me as a leader of, of a Christian organization within a company is we make a point of reaching across the aisle to our Muslim friends, our Jewish friends, pride, every, every group um, we, will, we will try to connect with and, and do these volu this volunteer work. That's our calling, right? So that's, we're, we're meant to be leaders amongst, the, amongst, amongst those ERGs. Um, so it, it works out well and, and it builds that bridge because it's it can be challenging in, in a big company to be a Christian organization. But it, from an HR perspective and just others that aren't in our group to view, to view us in a, in, a, in a different light, but when they see us as not threatening, but we're actually, we're the collaborators, we're the ones that are reaching across the aisle, it, it makes a big difference. We'll be back on our next podcast with the rest of our panel discussion. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You'll want to check out our website at workingforourfather.com. It's constantly being updated with new content to support you and others in living your faith at work.